Welcome to the Coisar Us Podcast. This is episode 11. We've got the whole gang here with us today. My name is Joel. We've got Ben. We've got Jesse. And we've got Kim. Um, and we're here to talk a little bit about our offseason, our preseason, uh, our transfer window, and our hopes for the upcoming year. So uh, you guys ready to get into it? I know it's it's been a while. Football's right around the corner. Yeah, let's do it. It's coming up. I'm starting to get excited again, right? Like, it, it was a short break anyway, but I kind of had a little bit of time to kind of, like, decompress after after the, the Norwich match. And now it's two weeks away. Now I'm starting to get excited again. Well, yeah, with how, how, with how we finished that season, it's hard not to be uh, wanting the next one to start. And the way that this, this summer's gone so far, it's hard not to get a little excited for it. For sure. Um, so we, we are going to talk a little bit about the summer, but before we get into our transfer window, wondering if any of you guys were able to catch the preseason matches that we had in South Korea, um, where superstar Sonny was able to, to trot us through uh, his, his home country and a whole bunch of fans came out. We had a match against K-League uh, All-Stars and then also one against Sevilla. Um, the K-League match... Jesse, what what happened there? What what was that game? Yeah, I only watched the like the extended eight or nine minute highlights, so I don't have a full take on it. It seemed like just absolute bangers and op- opened up a uh, type of game. I'm I'm thrilled with uh, seeing Kane score free kick. I don't know if that's the new uh, free kick. Uh, what's his name? Uh, Dino Vito. Um, I like the strategy, Pacquiao. just driving it straight at the bottom of the wall and hoping already you guys there, jump. but like. <laughs> I mean, right. probably not, but yeah, like that, it got through. And I, I was reading that athletic article a little bit about like how, how he likes to have those offensive walls sometimes in front of it, sometimes right behind the players, sometimes to the side. And, you know, it's probably going to take some more breakdowns to see what we're doing different this year versus versus years past. But there was, you know, a little mini offensive wall on the outside of it. I think Richarlson was there and sort of jumped out of the way. So that kind of stuff can confuse people. I mean, Kane scoring direct free kicks is a freaking win in my book because even if it's against the K League All Stars in a nine goal game, it never happens. So I'm thrilled with that. Uh, I did, Dyer I had a banger too. Yeah, Dyer had had one from distance. My boy, you my know, boy so that fifteen. Was, that was good to see. <laughs> nice to see Sonny get in the action as well. And I think uh, you know the defensive issues. Obviously, it looked like Sanchez had a rough one, uh, but I think in the second half it was. Uh, uh, but the goalie Austin, who's literally never going to play for us, so I'm not as as concerned about that. But Sanchez seemed like he uh, he needs to be a little bit a little bit tighter if he's going to be. Um, uh, is he playing know. on the left again, though? Like that almost seems like torture for yep. that dude to put him on the left. I, I don't know what I don't know what he's playing at with <laughs> with that. But. So I'll say the reason Sanchez probably played on the left is in the first match, Ben Davis was he's coming back from an injury, um, so he didn't play in the first match. And as well, um, Clement Longley, our new, our one of new center back signing, did not have a visa to come, so there were really no left center backs on the tour. But when, so when Romero do better there, just he's more comfortable I mean, everywhere, so he would do better on the left. I would say, real, yeah, you want to put the guy on the right who's going to play on the right in actual games, so he gets 
to play with the guys who are going to play on the right. I'd rather see that than see Romero play on the left, if that makes any sense. Like if he's going to combine with the guys on the right in real games, I'd rather see him combine on the right in preseason. Yeah, I just don't want to see that's not going to matter too. I don't want to see Sanchez though on the left in a real game is my main thing. If you want to do it during preseason. I don't think we will see that a lot because we do have Davis and Longley. And I think if anybody was that means Sanchez is our third choice. So Sanchez is our third point, uh, third choice uh, center, center left, right? I guess. I mean, who else would come in there? Well, he's probably going to be the second choice on the right. Choice on the right, right yeah. Yeah. Um, but anyway. Which is, to me, where he should be. That's fine, too. I just that the left, he scares me. I don't know why we're still st- – I know Roden, uh, I think, had uh, illness, and so he didn't go either. But apparently he's not even – third choice on the left either uh he's i guess the backup in the middle but then romero's played there i don't know our center backs are there's a weird hierarchy there in general but sanchez on the left is the weirdest selection of all and i can't believe we're still messing around with it well for what it's worth uh if you score three six goals and you know you can play whoever you want at center back uh Fair the sevilla point. game was a little interesting as well uh we we got to see our beloved eric lamella on the other side um the, the ref was really letting him letting him go. Uh, <laughs> I that was really the only takeaway I, I remember from that. I mean, it was a pretty boring match altogether, but um, there was a lot of fouls that were that w- there was no whistle being blown. So I'm not I'm not sure. I mean, I haven't watched a, a football match in a few weeks since the season ended. So I don't know if maybe I forgot what a foul was, but um, that ref was just swallowing his whistle, which I guess is fine in a, in a match that doesn't necessarily matter but what you don't want to see is somebody end up getting injured in a match that doesn't matter and then you're wondering why the ref didn't take more control of the match um anything worth note um either from that match or from some of our new signings or some of the kids who don't typically play for spurs that you noticed um in in either of those first two matches kim yeah i'd say um i was impressed with skip i think he's looked pretty good in preseason so far um obviously you can't take too much away from preseason but he seemed to um be moving the ball along well um finding some decent passes um to me bentacores looked decent as well um i liked a little bit of what i saw from brian hill um he still loses the ball a little too much for my liking but um some of what he did I liked and might want to see him if he can push on to be like the backup on the right wing. I think that would be a good spot for him if he ends up staying around. And then I would say the only person I noticed that I saw do a couple of good things when he first came in, I was like, I'm not so sure about him, but he did a little, um, some little tidy things was popping Matisar. And he's like, that's like the mm-hmm. first time we've ever seen him. So first match, I was like, when he started at first I was like he's doing a lot of passing backwards but it seemed like once he got a little comfortable on the ball um you started to see a little more from him so I think they're going to end up sending him out on loan when it's all said yeah and done. for sure but it's but it's definitely nice to see you know a nice young midfielder he probably doesn't have the body for the Premier League yet um but he seems to be pretty technical um doesn't seem to be scared of any moment of being in a spur shirt so far obviously it's just preseason but I like what I've seen so people far on the internet love him, him as well. from what I've read I don't know much yeah. about the guy but he and seems then to have a lot of fans. to me just looked to be in like decent positions um his first touch might have been a little off here and there but um you know if he's just working himself back I just I think we're, we'll get on to what we think about our signings but I think overall um what he offered his his trickery um what he's going to do on the pitch, I think is going to be good for us when it's all said and done. So 
I, you know, what preseason should be is playing games, getting fitness, making sure people don't get hurt. And I think so far, so good. Yeah. So uh, one of the things that I would say jumped out the most was what we had been asking for the whole second half of the season last year, which was uh, Lucas at wingback. <laughs> I, I feel like I've heard kind of people say he did well and people saying he didn't do too well. I wasn't paying close enough attention, to be honest, to actually judge it myself. I just like the idea of him at wing back at the very least, because I don't love the idea of him in the in the front three, taking game time away from, you know, Kulu and uh, with Charleston and obviously Sonny Kane. Um, so giving just more versatility is a good thing. And if he can defend without making mistakes, which I don't know because his first touch can be a little off, but man, having that much space to run into with his pace, I could see potentially being a, a pretty good thing. Um, uh, I, you were talking about how rough the game was and there was an injury in the end, although I don't think it was a contact injury, right? Davies, I think, I don't know if he landed off with the on his ankle or exactly what happened, but he's in a walking boot. Hopefully that's not too serious because like we were just talking about a few minutes ago, um, we don't really know what Longley is yet. <laughs> yeah, we don't know what Longley is yet. And man, I do not want to see Sanchez somehow starting on the left side of that back three at the beginning of the season. Um, and then one other thing, I, it was fun to see, just because I know there's been a bunch of talk about how Richarlison and uh, Romero going to get along, seeing their history. Um, and I know there was that that video of them meeting up in the, I guess, the canteen or whatever that was pretty middle school funny. And then uh, yeah, if you good. saw... So if you saw also, uh, I think it was the what happened at halftime that started off that little fracas there was um, Son being fouled by um, by a Sevilla player and then kind of maybe catching him with the elbow and the uh, Sevilla defender, I'm not sure who it was actually, did not like that. And Richarlison and Cootie were the two standing up for Son against that. So seeing them good, uh, it's good to see them teaming up so quickly together. I feel, I, I feel like they're going to love each other. They're like the same person, one no, defender, 100%. one yeah, I mean, there it's Richarlison, like Kim said, well, we'll get into what we think of them uh, here in a minute, but he's got to be the ultimate um, player that you hate him when he's on the other team. But, you know, he's not so bad when he's on your team. It's that Joe Kim Noah type is what I always think of is because I just I know when everybody hated him when he was on the Bulls. But, man, he was one of my favorite players because he just got under their skin so yep. much. And I, uh, that's definitely Richarlison, one of his uh, his attributes. Well, it was not too long ago when I can recall us going, what was it, three transfer windows without a single purchase. Um, and now here we are sitting pretty with six signings in this window alone and still about a month left before the window closes. There might be even seven or eight. Who knows? Um, so what we wanted to do for today is just kind of go through the signings that we have, talk a little bit about what we expect from them, what we're excited about, maybe what we're not so excited about. Um, and just to start things off, Right at the beginning of the window, we grabbed Ivan Perisic from Inter um, on a free, a guy that has a lot of international experience, a guy that's played um, at the high level for his international club. He's also played for Conte at Inter. Um, and personally, this, this might be a little bit of a hot take, but this is probably the signing that I'm most excited about out of all six of them. Um, I feel like he brings a certain level of know-how to a team that doesn't necessarily always know how. Um, like and, competence. <laughs> yeah, no, and yeah, a competence, but also composure, right? Like, like being in a big game is not going to rattle him because he's been in so many. 
Um, and I think the other reason why I'm really excited about him joining the team is, is other than the fact that he's already played for Conte and knows the system well, um, he is probably one of the best um, wingbacks that we could have gotten, and he addresses a huge need for us, which is those wingback areas. We know um, that that was one of the big needs that we had going into this window, and so to grab someone with that level of um, experience and skill that early in the window to just kind of set things off for me was huge. Um, and then we, we haven't talked about left wing back all summer because we haven't needed to. And so like, I think he's the signing that, Oh, people have been saying like, he's a little bit older. He's not young and exciting like Spence maybe, or Richarlison. But for me, what he's going to bring to this team and the impact that he's going to have um, opposed to seeing guys like Regulon who can't really cross the ball, um, Sessegnon, who's still kind of learning the position and still learning how to be good at it. Like, I think not only what he's going to bring to the locker room, but what he's going to bring to the pitch for me is my actual favorite signing of the six. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's not the sexiest signing, right? I just right. think it's, it's, he's, shrewd, it's a shrewd signing. It's, it's good. Um, and it was free. It, it was free. That's, I mean, that's why if we paid even 10 million for him, I feel like it wouldn't be as shrewd, right? I mean, his, his salary is all we're going to have to pay for him. And it sounds like he'll be on decent wages, but nothing too crazy. Um, if, like I said, how old is he? Is he like, he's 32, I mean, from the way everybody talks about him, he still has it, but you know, you mean that we've seen in the past in multiple sports, but just how quickly, you know, the legs will leave them. So I'm, I'm, cautiously optimistic about that one i definitely think it's a savvy signing either way just because you're not giving away very much it's good leadership he's almost a player coach something like that i feel like when you think of it when you look at our signings it's been fun because there's been a lot of them but they're kind of i won't say they're all over the place because there is some method to it but between parasitch and spence is where you have that widest golf uh it's, it's hard to get super excited about any of them. Richarlison would be the one that would get everybody super pumped. But I think that most people, it seems like, think that potentially we overpaid a little bit. But, I mean, we're getting the guy that Conte wants. We're getting him early to give him time with Conte. We're getting everybody uh, early enough to get time with Conte. And I think that giving him his wish list and letting him do his thing, I feel like, you know, give have a little faith in that. Um and this is a guy, like I said, who has played for Conte before. Um, and just looking at his numbers, I mean, he is right now 33 years old. Um, but last year, he started every match that he played for Inter um, and right. finished with eight goals and seven assists. So this, this definitely is not, seems very fit. And he's not he, a guy he, that's like completely washed or anything. When he like doesn't that. rely on pace either, right? He's more of a tricky uh, like dribbler and and crosser is the main thing, right? He's supposed to he have can a really cross good, the ball. Yeah, he can it's, cross it's the good ball. delivery. So I mean that that doesn't die as much with age, obviously. It's just interesting that none of our none of our uh, signings jump out as being super splashy. Like I said, Richarlison would be the closest to that. I just think that maybe people aren't enamored with him, but I, it, I feel well, like it could we'll, be a good we'll get to a really Richarlison scrappy in, one. In a yeah. second. Um, but let's uh, let's stay on Perisic for a minute. Sure. Kim, you were going to jump in there. Yeah, so the thing about Perisic is like he's like as two-footed as a player can get. So that's the thing about him is Perisic can play as a second striker, as a left winger, as a right winger, as a right wing back, as a left wing back. He's as versatile as I think any player on 
our team is. We mostly will play him probably at left wing back, but if someone gets injured anywhere, Parasich can probably step in and kind of be like, okay, I got this. And so that's the thing about him. I think that's the best. And the thing about Sessegnon, like I, I actually really, really like him. I think he's going to be a really, really good left wing back, but he just needs to learn. And if you're going to learn from anybody, it's a guy who the same way Sessegnon did went from winger to left to left winger to left wing back under Conte. Conte is the guy that said, okay, I want you to play left wing back, start to play it. He sent him to Bayern to learn a little bit, came back and immediately they won a title with, with Parasic. And so I see from a, an article that um, Ali Gold, I think posted was Sessian has already said that he's started like, like uh Parasic already talking to him. He's like, I can learn a lot from him technically, mentally, physically, He's already helped him with pointers on tips to affect the game in a more attacking sense to score more goals. Because the thing to me about Sessegnon is last year he showed defensively he's probably as good as a left wing back as you can get, but he just needs to get his attacking sense of the game um, a little better. And if if we can make Sessegnon a more attacking left back, I think we probably have a guy who can end up starting for England because they don't actually have many left wing. They don't have actually have many left backs. They send a ton of left backs. I mean, of right backs uh, into the England team. So in in my sense, it's like, it's a shrewd signing because we only signed him for two years. So if, if we only get him for one year and he's only the starter for one year, but he improved, if we're able to improve Sessing out enough that he becomes a starter and Perisic becomes the guy off the bench, then it's money well spent. And again, we didn't pay a fee. It was a free and we're not broke. We have money. So it's like, whatever, I'm not going to worry about it. So I, I just think he's a really, really good fit. One for Conte, two for what we're trying to build. And then honestly, to help our younger guys along, he, he just has the mentality that I think we need in our team. And I'm, I'm really excited about him. I'm not trying to get too excited, obviously, but I, I think he's going to be a really, really good addition. And I think he comes in and starts right away, which is another thing for me that those are the signings that, I love to see, and I'm not particularly worried about him having to take time to figure it out the same way I I might about some of these other signings. So that was the first one. And then we picked up Fraser Forster from Southampton um, as a backup to Hugo. Um, Looking at Fraser Forster, I mean, this is a player that I'm familiar with because he already plays in the Premier League. and, And looking at his stats from last year, he actually played half their games. Um, he played 19 of their 38 matches and had three clean sheets out of those. Um, Southampton was not a particularly stout defensive team. Um, but obviously, this is a guy that knows the Premier League, um, that has experience starting in matches at that level. And for someone that's not going to be starting every week, I don't think we've really had any strong backup goalies for some time. I mean, Golini was actually bad. Um, the last one I liked was Gazaniga, and I would say Forster is even better than him. He for sure is. I mean, he's a professional dude. I think, you know, in, in both the sense that, that he and Parasic are the older ones, so ones that you may get less excited about, they're both the free ones, right? So, like, typically you're like, oh, my God, a free transfer is going to change everything. But he's a professional goalie. It's it's sort of like, you know, the, the Knicks still need a point guard, I, I guess maybe if you believe in Jalen Brunson, but, like, Derrick Rose is not what he was, but he's a professional point guard that's going yeah. to yeah. help the rest of your team. He's going to raise the level of everybody else around him. Uh, you know, and and Forster being a professional guy who's been in the Premier League for a long time, he's definitely a level. He's the best backup people we're going to have had since Vorm. Not that he's going to be, you know, nipping it at the heels of um, 
of Larice for uh, uh, for regular starts in the Premier League, but I'll have a lot more confidence in him starting in cup games and the occasional Premier League start than I would anyone else that we've had since Vorm. And, and he's probably honestly better than Vorm. Um, and because like, you know, it, it had been a while since Vorm was the dude anywhere, um, you know, like the number one anywhere. But I think, you know, Forrester has that very recently in him. Um, and he's just a huge dude, like just he's six, seven or something outrageous. So it's just kind of nice and intimidating to have just a, an absolute like tight end, you know, for lack of a better term and, and goal there. So I think that's good. I think, you know, my prediction for him is just that he's going to be, you know, keeping Hugo at the, at the top, obviously like, you know, keepers are going to age better than anybody else than an outfield player. But I think, um, you know, he'll, he'll extend that, that, that top level top three keeper or whatever we want to write Hugo as in the, in the league because Forster's pushing him. Um, not that Hugo lacks uh, the discipline and, and drive to do it, but it, it does help having somebody else um, uh, having, you know, a real professional dude push you. And I think that, that, that Forster will do that. I think that's what like we were hoping that Joe Hart might do as a, a guy Oof. that had been a, a good, it was a veteran guy, but a guy that had played at a top level at some point, obviously that was not at all what happened. Um, and uh, I think Forster will do that though. I will say this, um, probably the least important, quote unquote, uh, signing of the six uh, right now. He might be he might be an important player for us at some point this season. Um, You never know when you're going to need a backup goalie. I remember, you know, a couple seasons ago when when Hugo had that bad injury and he was off for like a month and we were just kind of like, what do we do now? And so to have a guy that's already had experience starting Premier League matches, I think is going to be potentially really important. And, you know, to your point, yeah, he's probably just going to be a cup guy. But to be able to give Hugo a rest for an, an odd uh, Premier League match against, you know, Nottingham Forest or something, I mean, you never know when you might need him during the season. So it's always well, good to have somebody who knows what they're doing. Well, and he's English, so he's not taking a spot away from somebody in the, especially in the Euros, where we have fewer of those homegrown and and uh, you know um, English player spots because Welsh players don't count, and uh, Eric Dyer doesn't count since he was raised in Portugal. Um, so, and I think Doherty doesn't count, you know. Um, so, opening up that spot, like <laughs> having Golini last year was such a waste of that spot. That was that's got to be the worst. Uh, uh, second second choice keeper we've had is just like <laughs> gave nobody any confidence and chewed up one of those foreign player spots so I think it's good for that I I'm hoping we don't see a lot of Forster this year to be honest um, but I don't think it's uh, you know it's another kind of just shrewd signing it's smart until we actually have our sights on kind of a, a long-term replacement for Hugo this is a good um, way to keep time you know it means a lance lynn he's a number four starter to use a baseball you know term it's i mean it's the same thing go back to the, to the Knicks analogy it's um taj gibson like a dude that can Oof. step in that's old that knows what he's doing that you don't want to be seeing getting a lot of run but you know he's a professional old guy uh you know and he can he can he can deputize and play you know a few a few starts a year a few minutes here and there Hopefully Taj, last, Taj you know, Gibson is a, is a name that, that you know, Ben. He, he spent some time in Chicago <laughs> as well, right? I, di- I love Taj. I mean, yeah. I like how the Knicks always just get the Bulls retreads. You guys had Derrick Rose. You had Noah. You had Taj. Are there any others there? I'm trying to think. Well, you know, Thibodeau just signs all the Dang. players he's already oh, yeah. coached. All the guys That's, that's true. Yeah, that's, that's a just classic like, Thibodeau move. Right. So after, what, I'll, oh. I'll say one, one thing on Forrester real quick. He's someone who actually helped us get 
top four because he prevented Arsenal from scoring in the match that they played against Southampton. He was the guy in goal and he made a ton of saves that day. So uh, he was already Spurs at that moment. Right, <laughs> bonus points for that, for sure. Yeah, here we go. So after we've signed a couple of uh, over 30 year old players, we, we finally got a young guy in. Uh, so our, our third signing was 25 year old Eve Basuma coming in from Brighton. Uh, what are our thoughts on Eve? I've, I don't know if it's Eve or Eves. I've, I've seen, I've seen people pronounce it both ways. I think it's Eve. Yeah. We're, we're just gonna, Regular. we're just gonna yeah, play around like the with French it. French drop the S often. Yeah, that's probably right. Um, a player, you know, I'm familiar with him. Um, he, he kind of plays that, um, that midfield role where he kind of controls the pace of the game. And so he doesn't necessarily stand out as much unless you're paying particularly attention to him. Um, what are you guys thoughts around Basuma? Because people seem to be going absolutely nuts about this signing. Um, I don't feel like I know really enough about who he is as a player to get that excited. I was also a little torn. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> yeah. I guess yeah. this is, I don't know how this was... is. I don't, yeah, this might be a little bit of an unpopular opinion right now, but I feel like we have a pretty good midfield. Um, so that was not a, a space where I felt like we needed a ton of work. Um, obviously, if we're able to get rid of Winks, then we can bring somebody in to replace him. So from that perspective, I understand the signing. Um, but it wasn't like the wingback situation where I felt like it was a huge need for this window. So I got it. Um, Los is probably leaving. Winks is probably leaving. Let's get another guy in here. It makes sense. But again, I just, uh, I, I don't feel like I know too much about him to be as excited as maybe some other Spurs fans are. So what, what yeah. is it that I'm missing? Yeah, this one has me in two or even three different minds. My initial reaction was that's very dumb because he was under investigation currently. Not just dumb, yeah. but, you know, there's some, some moral or ethical questions there that, I don't I, I I prefer a club that I guess steers clear of that. And I guess it's maybe unfair to the player because he's just, you know, there's nothing proven and the charges now or the uh, investigation is no longer looking at him. But I can't completely turn a blind eye to that. And it makes me feel a little, yeah, a little uh, uneasy, we'll say. Um, but then aside from that, it just seems like he's very similar to the midfielders we already have kind of like a box to box, neither a, a pure defensive mid or an attacking mid. It doesn't sound like he's got a great range of passing, but maybe his dribbling skills are a little bit, maybe he can carry the ball. I'll dribble the ball. Hopefully, yeah. I don't know if it'll, I doubt it'll be Musa Dembele level, but then on the other hand, he's a proven premier league uh, player that's been playing in a good club for several years now with your boyfriend, Grant Potter there. So, or Grant Potter, sorry. But um, respect, he's, respect GP, please. Thank you. Hey, I, I like him too. Just, just to put that out there. So, um, but no, I mean, I guess it's, again, it's, it's at least fiscally, it's a kind of another shrewd move. They probably bought low because of the problems. And my guess is that they already had some inkling that the charges were going to be clear. Yeah. yeah it, it happened know, so, bro. it happened so soon afterwards. Um, so it's, I, I think if it weren't for that cloud hanging over it, I'd be a little bit more excited about it. But combine that cloud with the fact that he seems similar to the players we already have. I'm not super stoked about it, but I also see it as just having more depth, more quality in the center of the park. We're going to have a lot of games. There's going to be injuries. Um, you know, it's, I just, 
Yeah, I, I guess maybe I was I was thinking we would look for a little slightly more of an attacking mid is kind of my was my thinking initially. And I don't know at some point if we'll talk about the Christian Erickson thing, but that was kind of baffling that they had interest and then com- completely lost it. Um, and maybe we'll still see another attacking mid come in. Maybe Conte doesn't want that from his midfield. Maybe he wants to play with a very solid, um, you know, I guess you would call it a double pivot, even though you're not really going to have one of them getting forward where I'm not sure who the forward attacking in any of our pairings would be like, who's our I most mean, attacking for, for what it, for what it's worth. I will say that the, the, the system, whether we play a three, four, three or a three, five, two does rely very heavily on wingbacks carrying the ball. Um, and then the front three are, are, are three pretty creative players in their own right. Um, yeah, well, I guess the midfield too. Just they sh- they uh, you know protect the defense and then they recycle possession. That's their job, right? Their job isn't necessarily. Yeah, to and so I, yeah, I guess that's my that point. Is like I, I don't know how much the system requires us to need a traditional number ten, the way that we did under Pochettino. So um, I was a little thrown off by the Christian Eriksen thing too, but um, I hate seeing him go to United. Um, but I guess it could have been worse. Um, Jesse, when you're looking at our midfield, who do you see as the starters right now? Yeah, I think that's the good thing is that I see the rotation. I've been saying that the last few pods as we talked about this stuff. We're going to have more games to play, and we want to keep some people fresh and that kind of a thing. And I think, you know, to Ben's point quickly before I actually answer your question, I think it's just like, you know, when the wingbacks are going to be more attacking minded, the front three are as good front three uh, as anybody. Um, who knows what other kinds of potential um, formations that Conte might want to mess around with now that he's got a little bit more depth and, and flexibility and those kind of things. You can't have everybody moving forward because then you're opening yourselves up because even Cuddy likes to get forward and get into the action. Cootie. Um, so, like, I think it's important that we've got a little bit more of a defensive midfield and because of Sun and Kane and uh, and Decky and, and Richarlison, the, the first two's advancement to being more creative and not just needing Erickson to be the one that's that's getting in them in good spaces. I think that they're sort of playing that role of creating their own, you know, excitement. So if you can get to somebody in, in the defensive midfield that can just hang on on the ball, as you said, Ben, recycle it, that's good. I think for me, it probably is going to be, as you all said, that they're, they're somewhat similar. Um, I don't, you know, maybe Rodrigo likes to get forward a little bit more like he did against Norwich. He had, he got forward and had two assists and, and, and he looked great doing it. Um, you know, a little bit of like that kind of shy footedness towards the end, a la Sissoko, where he like passed that one off to Decky on the cutback. I think that was the first goal against Norwich of just like, bro, take the shot there. You had a wide open net. So my gut would be um, Basuma and um Bentoncourt. uh but I think like it, it, looking at it I, I could see like in the Premier League that there's going to be especially with the five subs like there's going to be some some obviously we're probably you know leaning more on on the wingbacks on, on some of those you know extra subs but I think that having that rotation is is good um and maybe you know Bentoncourt has been a little bit more defensive because he's had to and maybe you know, if you pair him with a PH, PH gets forward for um, Denmark as well at times. So maybe it's it's just been the system. And maybe if you pair, I don't one of love those, I don't love Hoybier going forward either. He's, I mean, well, he's he, done it cool. He's done it well he for do Denmark, it, but it always makes me a little nervous. I'm so just maybe like, some kind of nice passes into the box there at the end of the year yeah, too. Though, maybe like, if you have, you know, again, if you pair him with Basuma, who's going to stay back a little bit deeper and be a little bit more defensive responsible, or if, 
Um, if uh, if that's Skippy or something, then one of those guys can get forward. But I think like must win game just because I've I've seen su- such good stuff out of uh, of Bentoncourt. I, I I like that. Um, haven't seen Basuma nearly as much as some of these other guys, but um, I think that you know PH was was better last year, but but fell a shine off. But I'm expecting big things from Basuma. I don't know if it's if it's we've had really good luck with signing defensive midfielders and them coming in and do, been do, doing well right away. Like since when Yama came in, it was terrific. I mean, all our defensive midfielders, that seems to be the, the area that we've had the most success with over the last five, six, seven years on, on signing people and them having, you know, coming in and having an instant impact. Yeah. So I wanted to touch quickly on Basuma. Um, I did not feel good at all about when we signed him. It just felt kind of yucky. I will be frank. Um, I was someone who, uh, I can say this because it, it doesn't bother me anymore. I've gotten therapy and moved on from it, but I was someone who, sec- who was sexually assaulted as a child. So anything regarding sexual assault does feel kind of icky and signing someone who was still under investigation for it did not make me feel good. I had no ability to like lean into the player he was until things kind of cleared up. And, and I, from what I understand, the club probably understood and knew that stuff was going to get dropped. Obviously, the um, in the UK, you can't really speak on any of this stuff. Their libel laws are very strict. So you can't talk about anything other than this, per- not even the person's name. They're like they did, I don't right. even think they really named him and stuff. It was like someone from Brighton of this age was charged with sexual assault. And it seems like from what I gathered that um, he was just sort of like a material witness at this point and they dropped it, everything. So... I'm able to like look at him differently now. And to me, he's, he's a really, really good player. I just think um, the games that we played against Brighton, he's the guy that marked Harry Kane out of the game, like made him not someone who you even thought could do anything. Like he marked Harry Kane. They beat us one nil. Harry Kane could do nothing, nothing creative against Basuma. So he was a guy who literally held down the midfield on his own at the back. He was the guy who was in, he was like the shielder in the last year, the shielder of the back line. Um, Their other two midfielders were the ones that were getting up and down. And he has the ability to be box to box. Occasionally he'll hit some worldy, um, but he's going to be mostly a guy who I think sits back. But what I know about him is he's really technical. Like, and I even heard people talking about the open practice we had. They were impressed with just how technically gifted he was. So he's a guy who's really technical doesn't give the ball away too much. Um, so I think defensively, he'll be really good for our team. He'll give us a little more back there because sometimes sometimes with Hoiberg, I'm honest, I don't like him to be too deep because uh, he can be a guy who thinks he has more time in the ball than he actually does. We get into a situation where our back line is in trouble because Hoiberg thinks he can Cruyff turn on his back on his own box. <laughs> uh, it comes off sometimes, but other times it does not look good. Um, so I do think, as um, I think Ben said, Bentoncourt and um, to start the season, Basuma and Bentoncourt will probably be the guys who start in the midfield. Um, Basuma got COVID um, over the tour, so we didn't get to see him in preseason, but hopefully we can see him against Rangers. Um, and I just think he, he does offer a lot to the team. And I, I don't think we got him so cheap only because of the whole cloud is over his head. He only had one year left on his contract. I think a lot of people forget that when they talk about him. Um, in this environment, you're pretty, probably not going to spend more than $25 million on a midfielder who only has a, a year left on his contract. So do you think, think the pro- price, prob- do you think that was taken to the price at all? <clears throat> Just curious. I mean, 
maybe, but I feel like if we could find out that he wasn't going to be charged, Brighton probably could find that out as well. Right. Um, That's what I'm thinking. So, so to teams, me, yeah. I think when you think about a guy who has a year left on his contract, $25 million is a good amount of money for, for a club to get. So, um, and I just think us off us, and this is, this is where us having champions league football came into account. Like if you listen to his interview, the, the thing he said 10 times was this is the club. Like I I'm happy to be here because of champions league. So when I said, I don't know, six episodes ago that us getting Champions League was probably more important for us than it was for Arsenal. That's the kind of thing I'm talking about. Um, 100%. So I, I, I think like he gives us depth. If we no longer have to play links because we have th- four midfielders who give us a base level of talent, guys who are all fairly technical, guys who you don't really have to like, of course, I just talked about PH occasionally giving you like a little scare, but for the most part across the board, they're all very sound in what they do. And I'm not hundred percent sure Conte is looking for a guy who's super attacking. And when you talk about Erickson, do you think Eric's, do you think Conte would have wanted to put, to put Erickson through the preseason that we, we, we saw those guys having in Korea? Like mm, that's a good point. Was, yeah, he, was point. he, was he a guy that Conte would feel comfortable with doing that with? And that's my thing is it's like all the reporting was like, Oh, Spurs never actually offered Erickson a contract. So my thing was, it sounded good in theory, but, did Conte really think, oh, this is the guy who's going to come in and I can treat him the same way I treat the rest of the squad. And I know he likes him. He likes Erickson, Erickson as a player. He signed him. So I don't think that's it, but I just think it's also Erickson probably wanted to be able to play regularly. And in our midfield, would you see Erickson playing every game? Probably not. Um, if we play that three, four, three, Erickson would probably get in if we play three, five, two, but we probably couldn't guarantee Erickson the game time. United probably was willing to pay him more money. And I don't know if Conte, when it was all said and done, really want to sign him. So to me, that's the reason we didn't sign Erickson. I could still see us at some point signing an attacking midfielder. I think Conte has even, I've even seen reporting that he would like to sign an attacking midfielder. So I think it was just a, maybe Erickson's not the guy I want at the club kind of thing. Fair enough. Um, To your point, I mean, I think, you know, you're not going to be as nervous if we have to make a substitution and you're seeing Hoybier or Ali Skip coming off the bench. <clears throat> and so I think from that perspective, it's, it's always good to have uh, strength and depth, which are two words that I'm not so familiar with as a Spurs fan. So this is all very new to me. Number four, Richarlison from Everton. Um, I don't have too much to say here because I feel like everybody said all the things. Uh, he can play all three positions up front. He's a proven Premier League player. He kept Everton from getting relegated. He threw a flare in the audience. Uh, yeah. Um, what What are the things about Richarlison maybe that that we see happening for next year? Like, how do you see him fitting into this squad? What do you think he brings that maybe we don't already have? Um and is there any predictions that you have for how his, his season with, with Spurs is, is actually going to roll out? I think it's going to take him a little while to get, you know, bedded in, as they say. I think, uh, you know, you saw that a little bit with um, once uh, Decky came in, he just has a, a natural – he's obviously played more, but he just has – it seemed like he's just had that natural connection with knowing where Kane and Son want to be, knowing where they want the ball and all that stuff, and they're just like – He's in a pod, um, and I think it's going to take a little while for 
for Charleston to to fit in in the same way like you know any like if you had three roommates they were all like had all their inside jokes and were tight and then you had a fourth roommate even if they like pay rent on time and brought an xbox and always do the dishes like it's still going to take a little time to kind of really fold into the into the crew um and so i think it's going to take them a little bit of time and i think then there's going to be some oh wow what spurs got this they didn't need this they could have upgraded some other areas or whatever but i still think at the end of it he's going to end with you know 10 to 15 goals across all competitions which might seem low but i think i think the front three our, our choice fund three is in the in the three guys there now are going to each have 10 league goals and so there's just like we're not going to score 110 goals or something that to go around so it's just i think that he'll, he'll definitely hey, score. Ne- never say never I yeah, I mean, you, you know, know. <laughs> but I think I think he'll he'll take a little bit of time just because he's not probably been used to he not probably he's outside of when he plays with Brazil he's not used to playing around this much talent and so finding his space that he's not the dude um, and uh, and you know the offense isn't not that it was entirely around but it was like around him and DCL so that there's going to be a little more rotation and and he's kind of fitting into um, places that that. Uh, like right now that, you know, I don't think anyone would say that he's the fourth best attacking option right now. So kind of finding ways for him to, to fit in and make his mark could take a little while. But I think by um, my worry is that like uh, two weeks before the world cup, he's just going to be humming. And then it's like, Oh, well, now we're going to take six weeks off for the world cup. Hopefully he doesn't, you know, hopefully he's able to, to jump right back in in January. But that's my worry is that he, he takes a little while to, to fully get into, uh, into the, into the flow. How, how quickly we forget. You know, we were spoiled last year. We got a whole season. Well, most of the season. We didn't get the first few games. But Harry Kane didn't get hurt last year. He gets hurt every year. And so if, if we're to assume that this is now uh, some new revelation and we're just going to get uh, health and wealth from our front three all year, then that's one thing. I'm not that optimistic. Um, Kane has had issues with his ankles for pretty much all of the past four or five seasons except for last year and so at some point i expect that either him and son especially with all of the load that they have to manage not only for spurs but also for their international clubs like at some point we're going to need him to to come in and do a shift and i think that's always been the issue um since i've been following spurs has always been like we have kane he's the man but when he gets injured or when he can't play then we don't know where to find goals and we don't have anybody who can come off the bench and score goals. And son is great, but son is even more great when he's playing next to Kane. And so um, I think we are going to, at some point in the season, need somebody who can like come in straight away and be a goal scoring threat. And so from that perspective, I don't see him as a luxury because I, I do think at some point in this year, we're going to need him for games that we need to win. I mean, as long as, <clears throat> excuse me, as long as Conte rotates, which I'm hopeful he'll do more than we've been led to believe by his past lack of success in champions league, that he's not the kind of manager that just sticks with the same, same starting 11. If he rotates, I think it'll be worth it. Um, <clears throat> to your point, Joel, that just having the versatility of him being able to play any of those front three spots uh, I think that, you know, that adds value. The, uh, the only thing, like I was saying earlier, I think that most people would say 60 million seems like a lot, but he was the best player on what has been perennially, you know, a mid table team rather than a relegation battle team, but he's been the best player on that team for a few years now um, or two years at least. 
And it's, you know, you're not going to get that for free. I don't know what kind of um, competition we had in signing him. Um, and like you said, we have money, so it's not my money to spend. The only thing I would ever, you know, say about that is if it's removing this budget from another potential necessity that I don't want it to overspend. But the, the main thing I would say about it is that Conte apparently really likes him. And um, we're at this point right now, at least we're putting all our eggs in our Conte basket. So, you know, do what Conte wants. If he, if he sees a, if he has a, a vision for what Richarlison can bring to our team and Conte, we trust at this point would be my main thing there. Also, he's yeah. going to raise the levels of the shithousery, right? So that's yeah. another thing. <laughs> he's definitely going to do that. That's another thing that I, that I love about this signing. Um, especially with Lamella gone, you know, we, we kind of like, we have a new Lamella now. I think that, and, and if the, the, the eighties babies might remember this one, but in mighty ducks two, uh, there was uh, a guy named Dean Portman, another guy named Fulton Reed and Fulton Reed was the cootie. He was on the team the previous time. He was the tough guy. Um, and, uh, and then in, in D two, uh, mighty ducks, they brought in, uh, Dean Portman, and they both had like a lot of things in common, kind of didn't realize it, it about each other first, both generally pricks and difficult to play against. And the same oh, kind yeah. of thing of like everybody hated to play against them, but they were like, I dare you to get in uh, Charlie Conway's face or, or the, um, the other kid, uh, Adam, um, whatever. Like I dare you to get the, in one the of kid guys. from uh, Dawson's Creek. Yeah, I dare you to get in someone's face. Let's see. Yeah, that's Charlie Conway. I forget the other dude. That they Pretty sure they, they were Banks. called the Bash Brothers. Banks. They were called the Bash Brothers. And so it's like, I wish you would get in the face. <laughs> and then all of a sudden they realize, like, wait a second. Are we like, it's a little bit like Step Brothers. Like, we're the we same just become person. best friends. Do yeah. we just become like, best friends? Yeah, we're, we're South American rivals, but like, let's come here and like, and like, dare someone to come at any of our guys like they did with Sonny like come at us like we would love to just put you in a South American sandwich um, and having that a different <laughs> that fire at different parts of the field is good as well so it's like you know there's literally no space you that's can the episode around. name though right South American sandwich it is South now American sandwich. gotta be the episode name <laughs> it is now I I oh, did not man. hey I did not know that we would be uh making Mighty Ducks two references today, but there you hey, have it, and that's why you get a little you get a little bit of everything from Boys R Us. I'm there you that. go. Quickly on Richarlison. So the thing about him is he he truly has this like never say die attitude. So he's gonna be pressing the shit out of defenders. He's gonna be always running. He's gonna give a level of effort that I think Spurs fans are just gonna fall in love with. If you, if you looked at how Everton fans felt about Richarlison, every single person was like, "I love this guy. I feel like he just brings." an energy to the team where we want this year to be team, a team that has the ball a little more, probably plays a little more football and guys that people are going to sit back against us. I think more than they did last year. So we're going to need people who just literally seven, never say die. So I think he has that in him and he'll bring that to the team. And I, I think he's finally going to be a guy who Conte might say, okay, I don't have to play Harry Kane every single game. Because there's someone here, and he might not offer the same things that Kane does, but um, you know, I never like to plug other podcasts, but I I like the extra inch guys, and I'm a part of their Patreon, and they post videos every once in a while about our new signings, and um, just one thing that I saw in the video that they posted was Richarlison might not look like the prototypical center forward, but he does enough in terms of hold up play, um, so he might have to get a little creative with the guys around him. So maybe we play Richarlison more as like a front two with Sonny 
or front two with Kane. So you have another guy who does a little more creative stuff with him, but I feel like he just, he does offer something that we don't have. He's a little trickier than I think everybody, anyone that we have on the team and across the front line. Um, He'll be Megan people all over the place. He will be doing back heels um, stuff that is well, fun hopefully for not fans. too much. Well, I feel like he'll do that more in his own box and on. And that's the thing about having him on the front line is he'll do more of that stuff. But I saw him do like a crazy back heel in the first preseason game where I'm like, no one on our team would try something like this. Like they don't have the confidence to do stuff like this regularly. Well, Lucas Barbara might Charleston's- try it. <laughs> yeah, but it's just uh, not going to come off successful. Yeah. <laughs> but I, as, bottom line is, I feel like he's an exciting player. Um, I feel like him playing with better players will be good for his development. And I feel like he can learn a lot from the guys that we already have on the team. And I feel like he'll fit in personality wise with everybody. You already see videos of him on social media with Emerson and Lucas and making jokes and stuff like that. So I just feel like he, uh, personality wise, he seems like a shit house off the field, but on the field, I'm on the field, but he seems like a really, really nice guy off the field. So I think he fits in with our, um, with our, with the team that we have. So I'm looking I forward think that's to a good point. Like he's going to learn some stuff from our team. other more sophisticated seasoned high level attackers in the same way that like our younger left wing back Sess is going to learn some stuff from a more seasoned champions league world cup final playing Perisic. Like, I think that's kind of a good mix of some of the old and some of the young, like you're both going to, some of the new guys are going to teach some of the, the old, not the older guys, but our, our longer tenured players some new tricks. And, and some of the young guys coming in will, not that we're Charles and super young, but Son and Kane have won golden boots. They're better players than him. They'll be able to teach him a few extra things, I think, uh, as well. Signing number five, left-footed center back Clement Longley from Barcelona on a one-year loan with no option to buy. I don't know anything about this guy. But by all accounts, he had a very hard time getting into the Barcelona side last year. Uh, They were very willing to let him go. Um, And we don't seem willing to keep him because there was no option to buy in his contract. So here's here's I got the perfect take for this. Here's the metaphor. It's it's uh, this is a long time ago for me because I've just been a happily married man for uh, for eight years now. Crossing my fingers here and hoping for another Disney movie. But you're at you're at the bar looking for some young lad or lass to uh, to meet, to get a phone number, to maybe go on a date, you know, maybe take home that night. Who knows? I'm not here to cast judgment. But you're not really picking up on what the, the vibe is in the bar. There's not necessarily your cup of tea, your prototypical uh, date at the bar. So, you know, you... I don't know if this is the correct term, but you you go you lower your standards or you expand your horizon <laughs> to say, hey, look, it's early. he's beer goggles. It's no, 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 not beer goggles. It's only it's only ten o'clock. We've got the night ahead of it's us. Only 10 o'clock. But I want to make sure I get a number. You're not tonight. even drunk yet. I want to get drunk. a number tonight. Let me get this number that I know that I can get. But I'm going to keep looking. We'll link up later. She's leaving or he's leaving. I'm going to get the number before they leave. So. In case nothing else pops off, at least I got a number tonight that I can, you know, send a text to in a couple of days. I, this may be dating me because I haven't dated, you know, in the Tinder era. But that's the thing. You, it's, it's, it's still early in the night. You're getting a number that you know is a safe pick that you can take out <laughs> in a nice ice cream date in a few, in a few days. But you're still going to be out there, you know, on the prowl looking for that, that ideal 
uh, man, woman, or person that you're you're looking for. So we're still trying to find out, but like the first couple things we put on, like the first one we hit on, uh, oh, they were taken. The second one we hit on, they were like, their club won't let her go or him go. And so in this case, you're like, let me get this number, got it in the pocket. And I'm going to keep looking for the ones that I really want, but I know at least I got a number now. Worst case scenario, I can, I can go on a date. Uh, I get what you're saying. Is not giving you that. I'll tell you that much. (laughs) (laughs) So I, I don't have nearly that kind of analogy coming. I just, there are two things, basically. Number one, um, again, I just, we've seen what Conte did with Davies. We've seen what he did with Dyer. He seems to be potentially somewhat, he's, he, we know he's a bit of a wingback whisperer or creator even, but he seems to be a bit of a, a you know, halfback whisperer as well. Um, to see what he's done with some of our, our previously, I mean, we know what we thought about Dyer one year ago, right? I'm pretty sure everybody would have been fine if we had sold him. And uh, Davies. Davies. Yeah, I mean, Davies maybe didn't, didn't inspire as much, um, uh ire i guess i'll say as oh. as dire did yeah you like the the ire bars dire bars for ben didn't inspire um, as much ire as as eric dire just just flowed right but um yeah so i would just think that i could see conte doing a job on him and so the, the only thing i would say is i'm just surprised we didn't put some kind of option to buy in there so it's just that it's weird that like he could be great and then he's going to be priced out for us but as a 28 year old center back next year there's no way we'll buy him I get, I get it as a kind of, uh, you know, just patching something up to get us through this year, make sure we have some depth to uh, – I think that's basically what Jesse's analogy was there. So I understand that. I'm just surprised we didn't have some kind of option to buy. And I'm guessing Barcelona is basically thinking there's a really good chance that we could kind of rehab his career because apparently he was really good uh, a few years ago with Sevilla before going to Barcelona. Well, you know. Uh, Bastoni's the hot girl who, who's not answering her texts and, and you know, <laughs> Gavardiol is like the other one that you're like trying to work something out, but it's not really coming off. And she says, oh, I, I got to wake up early. I'm going to bed. And so then, you know, Longley is just kind of like that last option in your address book where you just throw out that you up text at, yeah. at 130. It's sending out, the, it's getting the text. It's getting the number so you can send that text later. Getting the one in the bag and then still going to the next bar and looking for the next, you know, the next. Uh... That said, yeah. I will say, hashtag trust in Conte. I'm not throwing yeah. this guy in the bin yet. I don't know anything about him other than that he is apparently not very good. Um, but if he can come in and do a job on a few matches, like I, I. But again, he was thing, good. You don't, you don't get to Barcelona by being a not good player. He did yes. have good seasons in France and in Spain. And apparently, I think even his first year at Barcelona, there's a lot of competition. Things can happen. Coaching, coaches change. Uh, you get new competition in. I mean, I, I could really see Conte doing something with this. Who knows? It's up in the air. Like I said, I just, I, I, I think it would have made sense if we had a, a clause in there to potentially keep him if that did happen. Yeah, I, I want to say, like, I have a feeling Barcelona was like, no, let's not put a clause in there, because if he does uh, get better, if you guys are able to rehab his career, we could use the money. Barcelona is broke boy central, so they need more money, money than most Facts. most clubs. <laughs> yeah, that's um, definitely- so so what I really know about him is like people will point out he's been like the reason Barcelona has like shipped some goals, but Barcelona also plays the highest line in the world. Um, we're not going to be doing that with Longley. He's in a back three that plays a mid block when you really think about it. So I think that this will probably be the best use of the fact that he might be a little bit of a defensive liability because there, 
will be a center center back who stays back in Dyer, who just mostly chills there and waits for something to happen. Um, he also and you're gonna have that. Help. You're gonna have Perisic there too. Yes, he also has a hell of a left foot. Like he's a great passer, and that's something that we don't have in our left center back. Like Davies is a decent passer, but Longley is legit has a wand of a left foot. So there are going to be things that he does on the ball that we do not get from left center back right now. So if he's just able to hold up defensively, he's going to offer us a lot in, in going forward. He won't just have to drive balls in. He can like, he's the, he's probably the Toby of left center backs and same that way that he did it on the right side. He can do a lot of that stuff. So you'll see a lot of comps of him online where he's just like hitting balls in that you don't expect people to hit in and so I think that's what he offers us I think that's what Conte saw in him was like okay he this guy can pass we'll see what I can do with him on the defensive end and again if all said and done Longley might not have to play he might play 20 games in the year but we just needed somebody to back up Davies or start above him whatever but it just seemed like the guys we really wanted were not available this year and so I think they kind of said all right let's take a punt on someone if it works out we might be able to go ahead and buy him after this if it doesn't we buy the guy we want next season so you don't always get the guys you want when you want them and I think um there have often been times Spurs don't get the guy they want and they don't get anybody and then we don't have depth at all so to me it was a, a decent depth signing it may not be a guy who you're like oh my god he's the best but if Conte thinks he can work with him, like you said, trusting Conte, if Conte thinks he can work with him, then let's see what he gives us. Um, maybe he just needs a fresh start. And like you said, Davies, Davies and Dyer last year or the year before 2020, 2021, you were like, Oh, I was done with Dyer. Them. Truly. Exactly. Oh, so it was I was like, completely done and, with Eric Dyer. And I feel like that back three just gave everyone a little bit of solidity and maybe that can give Longley what he needs as well that he feels like he can push on so you know he wants to be here he seemed to in the end want to sign for spurs we have champions league um we'll see what he can give us but everybody he, wants uh, to be here kim spurs are massive new french guys are gonna cha- i'm gonna forget how to say their names about four different times this year yeah just call him cl yeah yeah i'm just gonna be like cl the cb and uh biz <laughs> there we go <laughs> last but not least and maybe not even last uh depending on how the rest of the season goes uh or this the rest of the off season i should say uh jed spence from middlesbrough by way of nottingham forest um and the irony is that he's probably the first trade uh signing rumor that we heard about <laughs> at the beginning of the summer he ends up being the sixth person that we end up signing um coming in to play at the right wing back spot um, and probably is going to uh, be competing with Matt, Matt Doherty for that role. Um, watched a little bit of, of Spence highlights, you know, before we came on today, just to kind of get in the mood. Um, I like the fact that he goes forward, <laughs> which is, uh, which seems like a, a really low bar, but considering that we had uh, Emerson Royale playing that position, I think having somebody come in who's young, who is comfortable carrying the ball forward. I think he's really going to uh, kick on in that wingback role, especially being coached by, you know, the wingback whisperer um, and Antonio Conte is, is only going to be good for him. 
I do think, uh, you know, he is the youngest of the guys that we've signed and, and, and probably has the least amount of experience against um, players at this level. But I mean, he, he was also on a Nottingham Forest team that beat uh, both Leicester and Arsenal in the FA Cup last year. So for whatever that's worth. Um, and he actually scored uh, against Leicester as well. Uh, I think they beat them 4-1. Um, so, I mean, like I said, for me, that wingback role was a big need for us this summer uh, to be able to, to sign a guy to play on the right as well as Perisic to play on the left, um, I think is a huge win. Uh, he's young. He's Jamaican. So I think this is the first Jamaican we've had on Spurs since I've been following him. So I'm already a fan of this kid. <laughs> but he, uh, he he's actually English, though, right? He plays for the Jamaican national team or plays for the under. No, no, he uh, plays no, he, for he, the he, under. Yeah, he, 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 under he, is, he is English, but his 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 folks are Jamaican. Jamaican um, father, Kenyan. Which I, I I get the Jamaican pride. I just mean as far as for squad building, he's English, right? Yes, as yes, as, yes, 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 yes. So Lucas is a homegrown player. He's homegrown right. player. And, it's just to be fair, really quickly, Emerson is not that old. He's only twenty two or twenty three, I think. He did, he's, he's just got no he's got no final deliveries. He's a good right back, though. I think Emerson is one I could see us moving on this summer for sure for a decent fee because he's he's not a bad player. He just can't it's cross the wrong system. Yeah, yeah he just needs to be in a back four. So the, he needs uh, to be a traditional fullback. So th- this one seems to tick a lot of the old Spurs boxes, though, right? A young, exciting player, potentially from a lower league, English. Uh, I mean, if you remember our fullbacks, what, six years ago? How long ago is that we had Danny Rose and Kyle Walker at the same time? Uh, yeah. And we had basically the best fullbacks in the in the league, both English and both at that time young and speedy as hell. Um, this, I feel like, is more of a throwback to that kind of uh, signing. And it's there's a little bit of a gamble, you know, uh, it, it, we didn't pay too much. What was it 12 and a half? I think up front Yeah, can get to as much as 19 or something. But I mean, if you remember like the deli signing, right, people didn't think much of it. And then he's making an instant impact. I wouldn't be shocked if, if Spence does have a, an, uh, if not instant, a fairly quick impact. I, I'm not saying that will happen necessarily because he's moving up a level, not only moving up a level in league, but then also with Conte as your manager, even more being demanded of your specific position. But if, if things just clicked, you never know what could happen. Cause I mean, apparently this guy just has all the tools. It's just about putting everything together, right? All the experience is what is needed. So we've got six guys in, um, and in case you were wondering, this is the Koi's R Us podcast. We can be reached on Twitter at Koi's R Us podcast. Um, as we wrap up here, I guess I'd just be interested to hear from you guys, uh, which of these signings are you most excited about? Uh, and, you know, what are you expecting out of them this this upcoming season? I, mean, I got my predictions here. Some of them are quantifiable. Some of them less. I'll just rapid fire all of it. Is that okay? It's your world. Uh, Perisic, instant impact. I think he's going to have an early goal in the first uh, handful of uh, first couple of games. Charleston, like I said, take a while to fold in. I think he finishes around uh, 12 goals in all competitions. I'll take that. CL, um, I think he's going to have to step in post-World Cup. I think that, well, you know, I'm, I'm not hopeful, but I'm thinking either some of our guys are going to make deep runs and be a little bit tired or, or might pick up a knock. So I think he'll 
mostly be a squad player, but I think he'll get kind of thrown into the fire in January. Um, similar, I think, for Charleston, we'll have to get – I mean, he'll be playing in the World Cup, but he'll, I think he'll be, you know, more more leaned upon then. Um, Forcer, keep Lurie's top of his game. I think he'll, uh, he'll give us a nice run in, in the Cups. Um, and then Jed Spence, I think he'll have some good moments. I think he'll have a very up and down year. I think he'll have some good moments, but I think he'll also have some – Welcome to the Premier League um, and the top six, you know, kind of moments, uh, you know, where he might try to try to dribble a little bit too much and someone just kind of, uh, you know, shut that down and have a have a cross and turnover or something. But excited about all of it. I think we sign one more um, in the midfield. Yeah, so I uh, as I was saying earlier, it's hard to get super excited about any of the players. It's it's more about a collective, just what the direction we're going. None of them to me jump out as, you know, that's the guy I'm super excited about. Cause I guess it maybe would be Basuma, except like we talked about, we it's kind of a more of a depth thing. Same with Charleston, really. I mean, that in the past that would have been a huge signing for us, but because we're not necessarily signing him to fill a huge hole, but more to boost the overall squad, it's not quite as exciting. Uh the the prospect of Spence is probably the most exciting, I would say, potentially. Uh, the one I would I would say, and I know Jesse mentioned this earlier, but we have a set piece coach. That could be a huge thing for us. I, I think that, yeah, we, we've just not been that great at set pieces for a while, both defensively and offensively. I think it could be fun to watch some of our you know, some of the actual set pieces themselves could be entertaining. I don't think we'll – what's that one Scandinavian team that does all the crazy-ass set pieces where they're like – you know, uh, I'll have to, I'll have to look it up and bring it up in a future cast because you guys have to. to I think I know what you're videos. talking about. I've seen yeah, I mean, they, it's like so intricate. It's ridiculous, but I don't think we're going to quite see that, but I, I could see it very, very quantifiable um, upticks in goals. And hopefully uh, also, you know, defensively that, that, that changes as well. Cause I mean, everything from throw-ins to, to uh, free kicks to especially uh, corners and um, you know, that kind of stuff that we just, we, I feel like we, we don't take advantage of those. And so I'm looking forward to seeing some of that. Yeah. I think in, in some of the stuff I've read about him, he, he had what was his, his thesis for his FIFA license or whatever was set pieces, the 15 goal scorer. I mean, I, like I said at the top, I think he, he absolutely will, will elevate the stuff. And, and we might be talk, having this, you know, pod conversation post world cup and say, okay, here we are headed to the second half of the season. Let's talk about what's been going good. And we could be talking about dude, set pieces are better now than they've been since the peak Erickson days before he was hitting the first man, when he actually was delivering good balls, you know, in like 16, 17, but that's absolutely a a great call. and could be just as valuable, if not more valuable than any of our other signings. Yeah. The way I look at it with regards to set pieces is it's like, it's like one of the, one of the things you can work on without having to change players. Like you just get the right players in the right position you get them doing the right things and you can get goals. Like we got, when, when you look at everyone we signed, they're all kind of tall. <laughs> Honestly, Conte, Conte really wants guys who have size that are physical. So we got a lot of guys and Perisic is good on headers. Um, Richarlison's pretty good on headers as well. Um, Lucas is a high leaper. Like we have guys who can get in the box. Spence is six one, I think. Spence exactly. Is over, yeah, so so. I, and Basuma's tall. Like, I just feel like we have guys who can get in the box. We just may not put them in the right positions. And we've all, we've been one of the teams that have not been that great on set pieces. I think overall defensively and offensively, it's kind of rare when we, when we, when we score from a set piece, like we've gotten better at them from corners. I think Sonny has put in a few good deliveries, but when, if we can just mix stuff up on 
free kicks on, you know, indirect free kicks, just all over the place. I think it gives us just better options. And when you want to elevate a team who's done decently one year, it's to try to win on the margins. And one of the things that we can win on is getting more goals from set pieces. If we go from getting five to six goals on set pieces to 15, that's a 10 goal swing. That is a lot. That could be, that could be five matches, six matches. That could be, I don't know, 20 points right there. Like you just never know what the little margins can do to a team. And so I feel like Conte has come in, he's taken a look at the stuff that we need. And, and again, I feel like these signings may not always be the most amazing on paper, but Conte has said, okay, we need a little help here. We need a little help there. And I feel like we've sort of ticked everywhere, everywhere that we started the year, like, okay, this is not that strong. Or we ended the year. This is not that strong. Right wing back, left wing back center midfield we were like we can probably use a little more with wings um I feel like they've taken there's been a plan we 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 need this stuff we're going to get these players to try to fill these roles and we'll, we'll see how that works out but I feel like they've done a good job with identifying issues finding targets and signing players and I I'm very happy to see that all these guys are in for preseason you know they've for the most part got you know hit the ground running so hopefully they can bet in a little faster we'll be We're not dealing with a a lot of um, guys who aren't doing things for six months. And so I even think even with the Spence thing, it seemed like it it went on forever, but we still have, I mean, there's still a a month and a half left in the transfer window and he's already in. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm happy so far. I think it would be nice if we do get an attacking midfielder and it might be nice if we get another defender, but if we were to end the window today, I wouldn't be unhappy. And um, I don't think Conte would be unhappy either. And I think that's the most important thing. Well, that sounds like a pretty good summary to me. So the only thing left to say is, come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Come on, you Spurs. Spurs.